Wednesday, December 15th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, and this will be the only podcast today not talking about Steph Curry breaking the NBA's uh, three-point record, I think. Uh, we'll be the only one. It's uh, the talk of the sports world, I guess, this morning. But uh, as, as we look at uh, another one of our uh, Guardians' top prospects who were added to the 40-man roster uh, early, uh, later uh, earlier last month, uh, Brian Lavastida, uh, converted catcher, who's, uh, you know, his hit, his hit tool is probably his, his best feature, uh, still learning sort of the game behind the plate, but uh, he looks to be uh, sort of the next in line in, in the, uh, the, the pipeline to the majors in terms of catchers for uh for cleveland yeah definitely joe uh you know this he was a 15th round pick in 2018 uh received a 175,000 bonus to sign out of a hillsboro Hill, community college in florida where he you know was a third baseman and kind of made the started to make the conversion to catcher um and right now he's they've only got two catchers on the on the uh, 40 man and it's uh, him and uh you know Austin Hedges so uh, he's not he's 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 not a phone he's he's more than he's closer than a phone call away i think right before we get into uh sort of digging into Lavastida uh let's talk about that catching situation obviously Cleveland let uh Roberto Perez walk away uh they did not pick up his option. Uh, I believe it was a $7 million option. Uh, and this is a two-time gold glove uh, catcher that we know that the organization loved. We know that, that Tito loved the way that, that uh, Perez handled the, the pitching staff behind the plate. Uh, but bringing in hedges uh, with the Mike Clevenger trade back in 2020, I think a lot of us sort of looked at that move and were a little bit surprised by it. Uh, knowing that they had had Perez for for two more years after that at the time, but in in Hedge's short time with the club, uh, he's really developed into somebody who who really sort of fits with Cleveland, not just uh, not just a, a guy who could be a backup or whatever. He he really sort of fit and and had the opportunity to play in in 2021. Yeah, definitely, Joe. Uh, he, um, you know, I think. Uh... The key thing with Hedges is he he stayed he stayed healthy and uh, really got a chance uh, to uh, step in for Perez, who you know was hurt for the second straight year. He caught I think he caught eighty eight games. Uh, the question is uh, can can he be a frontline catcher? You know he's I think the he's the maximum he's caught in his career is probably one hundred twenty games in one season. That was with you know the Padres a few years ago. So. You know, how are they, you know, they really have to shore up this depth, I think, at, at this position. Right. And and that might involve, you know, signing somebody or going out and, and, and making a trade to bring in uh, another a major league guy to, to sort of be a stopgap uh, before Lavastida is ready. Yeah. And, they you know, they did. They signed Sandy, Sandy Leone. He's on a minor league deal coming to camp. But, you know. Joe, I'm already sick of watching Sandy Leone swing, and I haven't seen him swing this. He hasn't swung a bat this season. I, I saw enough of him in 2020. If this is, you know, if this is what what we're in store for, I guess, you know, you, you just kind of grind through that. Uh, you know, he's he's a good defensive catcher. He can throw. He handles the staff well. Um, 
But, uh, you know, there's a lot of swing and miss between Hedges and Leon if those are the two catchers right now. Right. I, I think Leon is down in uh, – he's playing winter ball somewhere right now. We keep getting updates. And there's a lot of offers in the uh, in the box score with uh, with Sandy Leon. So, we'll, uh, we'll see if that's sort of – they're not able to swing some sort of deal uh, somewhere else and, and, and pick up a catcher. Uh, to add to the to the major league roster, uh, they can always add Sandy Leone at some point. Uh, but getting into La Vistita, you know, like you said, there's there's a real chance that this guy can, you know, make his debut in 2022, uh, simply because like you know, like you said, he's he's the only other one on the the 40 man with with Austin Hedges, uh, hit 289. Uh, with uh, with a th- uh, 380 slug, uh, sorry, 380 on base and 456 uh, slug percentage in, in 84 games last year, uh, made it all the way up to to AAA briefly at the end of uh, the season. And like we said, he, he did so on the strength of his bat. It's not, uh, you know, he's sort of a work in progress behind the plate. Yeah, definitely. He, uh, you know, he went, you know, he, he played at three different levels last season. Which is pretty, you know, a, you know, a good accomplishment. You know, he started at A ball in Lake County, hit 303. Then, like you said, went to Akron, hit 291. Uh, was up for uh, uh, at AAA for seven games, where he hit 158. And then he went back down and, uh, you know, played for Akron in the postseason and hit 500 in uh, uh, six for 12 with a homer and and four four RBIs in three games when. Akron won the, uh, the Northeast, uh, uh, you know, playoff championship. He's the number 13 prospect, uh, according to MLB pipeline, uh, in the Cleveland organization. Uh, but yeah, that, that playoff experience had to be good for him too. Uh, I got to imagine that, that he's a guy that, you know, they're sort of keeping an eye on, uh, in, in terms of, uh, maybe like a, a fast track. Uh, what does it mean for other catchers in the system, uh, chiefly uh, Bo Naylor, who was a, uh, a top prospect, uh, I'm sorry, a top pick uh, a few years back? Yeah, you know, Naylor uh, got off to a slow start and really never recovered, Joe, at Akron this year. But I think, you know, he was 21. He's probably playing, you know, maybe a, you know, a little higher than he sh- may have been, you know, getting tested there. You know, uh, uh, he still handled the staff well and threw well, um, you know, and I think, you know, he's probably, you know, more of a finished catcher behind the plate than Lavastida. Lavastida, you know, still has some work to do. He's, he's as a pro, he's only caught like 108, made 118 starts at catcher. He's got 19 errors back there, 20 pass balls, and he's still, he's thrown out about 30% of the, you know, the runners he's faced. So, you know, I think he's, that shows you he's got some arm strength, but I think he probably still has some, you know, polishing to do some finishing to do on calling the game and handling the staff and controlling the running game. Well, and the nice thing, uh, you know, if his bat does get him to the majors faster, uh, if he, if he does uh, wind up having to, to, to sit on the bench and, and work there, uh, Sandy Alomar is is with the major league staff and he works with the catchers and we've seen what what Sandy Alomar can do uh, turning catchers who are already pretty decent catchers in the first place into gold glove guys uh, in terms of Roberto Perez. Uh, the the opportunity to maybe work with Sandy Alomar is, it has to be something that, you know, might get Lavastida uh, 
consideration to, to move up uh, faster than maybe he, he would normally. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better teacher. I mean, Sandy, you know, worked, uh, I think, what, they have five different catchers last season. So, you know, he, he worked with a lot of different guys, a lot of veterans, a lot of younger guys. You know, he's a six-time All-Star, a Gold Glove, you know, uh, winner at catcher. You know, he, uh, he probably knows more about catching than half the people in baseball have forgotten. So, uh, you know, this, that's pretty good, uh, you know, a pretty good uh, a teacher a pretty good guy to, uh, you know, soak up some knowledge from. Uh, John Paul Gonzalez. Remember the, uh, remember the name, John Paul Gonzalez. Among the, what, five different guys they had rotate through uh, with Ryan LaVarnway and Wilson Ramos, Rene Rivera. Uh, John Paul Gonzalez was actually up with the club. Did he ever, did he ever get in a game? I don't remember if he ever got in a game. No, he never got in a game. I think he was there for like two days. And uh, then they uh, signed, I think they brought Lavarnway back and, right. uh, and he was gone. And, uh, and I think he's a, he's a minor league free agent now. So he, you know, his, his time in the spotlight was, was short lived. Yeah. There, there might've been a, a COVID situation that had delayed uh, Lavarnway coming back up to the, to the major league roster. I think that was uh, what the situation was. So, Hey, you never know. <laughs> keep his number on file because the way things are going with the, uh, the COVID situation right now, uh, you, you might need a lot of catchers at some point. Who knows? You're not kidding, Joe. I mean, uh, God, just, it's all over professional sports. It's all over the, the world, really the country. It's, 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 it just never stops, man. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a tough situation and anybody who's uh, making time to watch the Browns game this weekend uh, certainly understands what the, uh, what that situation involves with eight guys going on the list yesterday, uh, hoping they get to play at some point. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into some questions uh, from subtext. Uh, we, we asked our subtext uh, subscribers, if they had anything to ask us. And, and really we, we gotta, we gotta start opening this up. Hoinsey. This is going to have to, to be more than just baseball because there's not a lot to ask about, uh, you know, the majors going on right now. Uh, we're going to, we're going to ask, have to you know have it range from favorite christmas presents to uh <laughs> you know what kind of music you listen uh the uh the, the jimmy hendrix post on twitter the other day what was that uh it was your it, somebody asked what your favorite jimmy hendrix post was yeah yeah so well, i just saw some random tweet saying favorite jimmy hendrix song so i you know i had to i had to fire off a couple <laughs> well the, the correct answer is manic depression and everything else is is after that right <laughs> that's, that's manic depression is like the it's a great song uh, i love Jimi hendrix love uh, and hey joe how do you not come on hey joe everybody's done hey joe man. oh okay yeah if, <laughs> if they play hey joe on uh on on 104.1 then uh then yeah it's uh it, it's too too common i guess all right, uh, this question from Eric in Middletown. Uh, do you have a problem writing about the Guardians and not the Indians? So I guess, uh, I guess we, could, we could always fill time uh, answering the, the, the new mascot question, uh, I guess. But uh, yeah, my, uh, my position on this matter is, is pretty clear and, and plain. It has been from the beginning. I don't have a problem writing about Guardians. Uh, I enjoyed writing about the Indians. Uh, the Indians are in the past. The Guardians are now the future. It's uh, pretty easy to to just shift and and move forward. I guess the only and you've heard it a million times on this podcast. 
I'll still slip up and, and say Indians once in a while, but uh, it's getting easier. I think by the time spring training opens, it'll be a lot easier. Yeah, I agree with you, Joe. I, I, I find it difficult when you go back in the past and re, you're referring to, you know, players that played, you know, two or three years ago. Did they play for the Guardians or did they play for the Indians? And, and so I've been just throwing Cleveland in there for, for the time being. It, it's weird. Well, it's, it's pretty simple right now. Nobody's played for the Guardians yet. So yeah. uh, as of right now, it's real easy. Uh, everybody's a, a, an, an ex-Indians player uh, as of right now. Uh, Pat Grichik uh, wants to know, with MLB on hold for now, is it easier to do your job reporting or harder to write stories with few sources? Uh, can you take a vacation now? Well, I guess you could take a vacation, but it's, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's so strange. I mean, people want, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, with, with the guardians, you know, they can't say anything. They can't, they can't say anything about anything. And it's, it's tough to, uh, you know, find people to talk to on or off the record. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's tougher to do your job now. And uh, until the, these negotiations start up again, there's really everything is kind of just kind of sitting in limbo. Yeah, uh, the Guardians have from the front office have, have told us, you know, don't expect to be able to talk to coaches or or anybody in the organization. And that that's for legal reasons. And I, I totally understand that. But but you and I have talked about how it's kind of weird. You can't ask, uh, you know, the new hitting coach, Chris Valeka, you know, about building a, a hitting program. He doesn't have to mention any players specifically, but uh, you know how you go about building a hitting program. That that would be something interesting, and uh, they're not. We're not allowed to have access to them unless it's on a very specific and very limited scope. And even then, it's it's really hard to to sort of get those those sources. Uh, you know, over the years, we I've built up a few uh, contact numbers of players in in my phone. I, I could. I can always shoot off a text, but I don't expect to get any responses from players because I'm sure that on the, the players association side of things, uh, they're being told the exact same thing. Well, I think the players can talk. I mean, I, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think they've been encouraged to talk, you know, but I think they haven't been, you know, they haven't received an edict from, uh, from on high that, you know, silence is golden. Right. And, you know, there are things that the players are involved in, like their charitable works and and those sort of things that maybe they want to be able to get some publicity for. Uh, I know Austin Hedges does uh, a lot of work with, uh, you know, water uh, for for villages in Africa and, and things like that. Uh, so, you know, there might be something there where we can reach out and, and have a conversation. Uh, I know I've got uh, Charlie Hedges number and I know Charlie listens once in a while. So uh, maybe uh, maybe. Maybe I might be calling Charlie up for, for some scoop uh, here uh, in, in a little while uh, just to get, uh, just to hear somebody else's voice, maybe uh, Charlie uh, Austin's dad. Uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> the well is the well is pretty dry right now. And until something, uh, you know, breaks loose, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, we saw, I, I have in, uh, in here, we, you were talking about, uh, Jay Bell in the uh, in the subtext, um, uh, you know, you'd sent out some information about him. Uh, what do you remember about covering Jay Bell with the with the Indians? Yeah, Jay Bell. You know, I remember. You know, it was his birthday a couple of days ago, and uh, 
I remember him making his big league debut. He was playing in the Florida Instructional League. This is when the Indians trained in uh, Florida in September. They needed a, you know, they called him up. Uh, there was an injury or something. And uh, I think Hargrove, Mike Hargrove was a coach uh, down in the Florida Instructional League. And, and he knew he was going to be facing Burt Blylevin with the Twins at the old Metrodome. And he said, he told, he told Bell, Blylevin, uh, first pitch is always a strike. You'd be ready for his first pitch because he's going to throw it right over the middle. So <laughs> Jay Bell comes up there, and in his first at bat, first big league pitch, he sees he hits a home run off Blylevin. And the, the year before, Blylevin and Bell had been traded for each other. So it was, <laughs> it was really interesting. And, uh, you know, Jay, you know, Jay, just a nice guy, a great guy, uh, won a World Series with Arizona. And, uh, he, you know, they tried to play him at shortstop in Cleveland. And for, for whatever reason, uh, Doc Edwards and Hank Peters didn't think he had the range to play short. And uh, that's why they traded him. They traded him for Felix Fermin to Pittsburgh. And Jay went on to have, you know, become a gold glove shortstop, played over, I think, over a thousand games at short. And, uh, you know, just had a great career. And Felix could play short, but he couldn't hit. Yeah, that was that was the major drawback. But hey, eventually they flipped Felix Fermin for Omar Vizquel, and and that sort of worked out for the Indian the Indians at the time, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, I remember Jay Bell. I, I remember being real excited about Jay Bell when he hit that home run, and then uh, you know not much after that uh, in, in terms of his 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 stint in Cleveland. But uh, a lot of fun to 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 sort of remember and and look back to him. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to do it for uh, today's podcast. Uh, today's episode of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast brought to you by the letter, uh, who knows? Uh, we will be back tomorrow, uh, another prospect on the Indians 40-man roster to break down. And Hoinsey will, uh, wait a minute, Hoinsey's going to a basketball game tonight. <laughs> we got to dust off the, uh, we got to dust off the NBA rule, rule book. Hoinsey will be, uh, covering the Cavs, pinch hitting for Chris Fedor as Fedor's on maternity leave, or I guess paternity leave would be the, the appropriate thing, right? Uh, he's, he's at home with his newborn son, uh, so glad to help Chris out with covering the Cavs. And hey, Cavs, Cavs are fun to watch now. Uh, a lot of lot, you're gonna have a good time at the at the at the arena tonight. The Cavs are rolling. I'm just <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't covered a basketball game in a long time. This could be a dangerous situation right now. Have you ever covered an NBA game? Yeah, yeah. I, I covered uh, you know, I've covered some Cavs games. Uh I covered when, the, when this was like a million years ago when the Cavs uh trained we know, at Lake, we know at Lakeland Hoinsey. Community College. And uh, we know Bill Hoinsey. Fitch was a man uh, was a coach. We know that your career stretches back a million years. We know that, <laughs> but but you got to cover Bill Fitch. Yeah, Bill Fitch and Luke Whitty, I think, was the center. I'm, I'm for, <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah. I can't I can't wait to read this game story. This is going to be great. <laughs> All right, Paul, uh, have fun at the arena tonight. We'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.